Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grid and Grace Leadership Talks. I'm very excited today because I am going to be interviewing the, an amazing lady called Sheena Shui, who is going to be on live with us. She has been in um, my network for a good probably five years plus now. She's one of the moderators in our social work group on Facebook. Uh, she's a qualified social worker, psychologist, counsellor, and she runs uh, a few businesses. She has two at the moment called Savasana Collective, where she's a holistic psychologist and counsellor. And she also runs a, a business coaching service as well as website design for private practice owners. So welcome aboard, Sheena. Hey, Kay. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, I really love how we've been able to collaborate and connect over the years. And I'm really excited to share you with all of my network around the amazing work that you do and learn a bit more about how you have incorporated uh, well-being and grit and grace leadership into the work that you do. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm excited to, to talk today. You know, um, I think my private practice, we work a lot with a lot of female leaders, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners and working mums like you and me. Yes. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's a really interesting area. So women's leadership and leadership in general, I love. Oh, it's awesome. So I a few questions that I've been asking people to come on as a guest. Um, the first thing I'd love to know about you is what you do for, as your daily morning routine to set you up for success. That's, I know I laugh at this question because I've got two kids under five or, you know, a five-year-old so and a one-year-old. So my morning routine, you know, as much as I would love to get up at 3 a.m. and work out and journal and do all the affirmations before the kids get up, that's just not a reality for me. You know, I could set my alarm at 3 a.m. and then everyone would be up in my household from 3 a.m. Oh, but no. <laughs> realistically, what, what, what my morning looks like is I have found, you know, uh, because I'm a high stress, you know, I have a lot of stress in my life as well and working with a lot of women who have a lot of juggle, a lot of stress, yeah. I found something that really helps me is making sure I have a big lot of water first thing in the morning and then okay. not having coffee until after I've eaten. And I okay. have found that's really good just for managing you know, energy levels through the day and making sure we're not pushing ourselves into a cortisol kind of burnout zone. Uh, ah. that, that can happen if you have coffee before food and before water. So I always okay. do that. But once the kids are dropped off, that's usually my time. Once I've dropped okay. them off at daycare for the day, if it's a daycare day, um, I, that's when I just, I recenter and, you know, I ha, I always connect to my core values. That's a really big part of my practice and the practice I do with people. So, you know, coming back to what are my core values? How am I going to go through that through the day? You know, and I have a few affirmations and visualizations I like to do and that kind of thing. So I really just recenter myself ready for the day, whatever that might look like. So. That's yeah, kind of how I do my day. 
Yeah, I actually started doing that as well in the mornings. I've been having like a green juice. I've been making a fresh green juice with as many veggies and greens as I can get in there, like celery, spinach, um, and a cucumber, um, an apple or like some pineapple, chuck it in with some fresh ginger and lemon and just blitz it up. And then I've been drinking that on the way into work um, and have my vitamins. And then I'll have the coffee once I get to the office and have my brekkie then. So I've been finding that kind of um, is a good way to cleanse and boost your body before you start the day. So I like that that actually helps the cortisol levels too. I didn't know that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but I do feel healthier when I do it that way too. Um, so it's great. Well, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your career path? Because you have studied like every area that we specialize at Taylor Care in recruiting and, and you've kind of gone down a different path again where you do some private practice and and work for some businesses, but then you also have done your own thing. So tell us a bit about your career path and your journey to get to where you are now and why did you set up your own businesses versus just working for someone else? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a bit of a journey. So I'll try to condense it best I can. But, um, you know, I started my psychology degree when I was 17. So if anybody knows a 17-year-old, I'm, I, they don't know much about reflective practice or life or that kind of thing. So, you know, studying such a an intense and philosophical area like psychology was a big ask. But, yeah, 17 to 21 wow. with my psychology degree. Um, then, you know, uh, worked. I actually worked at a private practice then in that I was doing admin support during my degree. So I was okay. doing admin during my degree and I got to see behind the scenes of a private practice and what it looked like and, um, yeah, what the staff were doing. So that was a practice for children and doing a lot of assessments like autism and ADHD assessments, um, yeah. which was a while ago then. You know, that seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment, a lot of people getting assessments, but this was one of the first practices up here. Oh. Uh, and then I went on and I did my master's of counselling. And for a lot of people, so, um, uh, you know, a lot of people who've studied psychology who have a bachelor, much like myself, it can be really tricky when you finish because you kind of go, what do I do now? Do yeah. I go on to study? Do I do my honours? Do I do this? You know, the the getting into the master's program of psycho- psychology is highly competitive. And not okay. just that, but you do have to come from quite a privileged background sometime, I personally believe, because uh, it's a lot of commitment. And so if you don't have the the backing of financial support to be able to give it your all, it's a really tricky program to do. So um, I actually did the Masters of Counselling at University of Queensland, UQ, and I loved that. So that was a very neuroscience, you know, um, trauma attachment-based Masters. I absolutely recommend it for everyone. And I loved that one. That was the one that gave me all the skills that I have used in every single role that I have. But sadly, that same degree, and you would have seen me talk about this in our group, but that degree was the best degree for me in terms of clinical skills. But it gave me the least amount of job prospects, which is sad. 
Yeah. I got more job prospects with my Bachelor of Psychology and then later on with my Master's of Social Work than I did with the Master's of Counselling. And that's just because Australia's got to catch up with the rest of the world around recognising a master's level counsellor is not the same as someone who did a six-week course and called themselves a counsellor, you know. Um, Yeah, exactly. We have to catch up with that. So, so yeah, did my master's of counselling, loved it, ended up uh, being a counsellor and coordinator in central Queensland for a program that did counselling for uh, children in the child safety system. So, you know, we're talking kinship care, foster care, residential care. So I had to do a lot of interventions with, um, yeah, people in that sector. So not-for-profit, like non-government agency. Yeah. And then ended up uh, working for Headspace as well. So Headspace National, we all know Headspace. Um, yeah youth mental health great organization um really loved it that was a really cool job uh then i did my masters of social work then i worked um and during my masters of social work as well as after i worked for queensland health so i did the drug and alcohol support for queensland health and after i finished my degree i worked for mental health at queensland health so that's yeah. that was the road and then my final role which i still work in um sometimes is at the i work in a university so i do student well-being at a university and i love that it's um it's really rewarding i love that so but yeah i ended up doing private practice and i guess a big reason i yeah. got into private practice was because um first of all having kids you know you plan your career around the things you want to do and then you have yes. kids and it just throws a spanner in the work <laughs> of um oh that's right i need flexibility in my role i need this in my role i'm gonna have to take sick days i don't know how many sick days i've had this last month um but you know so so that's why i got into private practice was really i needed that time flexibility and also i needed to be able to earn more in the time that i had given i had time flexibility but uh i guess for anybody watching that is not a starting point you don't graduate and do private practice it's something that you really 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 have to be competent to go if the worst case scenario walked through i know how to handle that on my own because that's the thing is that you are on your own and true, all the legalities, true. all the risk, all the risk management falls to you. So you need to be competent to know how to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. But, yeah, that being said, I love private practice. Um, I love that I get to work the way I want to. And I have a mix of coaching and therapy, which is a whole nother topic. But, um, yeah, I, I love that. So, um, yeah, that's been really good. And then, yeah, obviously, because I've been able to do that, I help other people with the setting up the basics around private practice and looking at different ways of doing it. You know, it's a 21st century. So I think a lot of private practices are still have this idea of I've got to have a brick and mortar shop and yes, that's going to yes. cost me, you know, ridiculous amount in overheads every single year. Um and I must only do one-on-ones, you know. So I'm really pushing people to go, you know, there are so many more service delivery options that can earn you more money in less time. So, um, but only for experienced clinicians, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, it makes sense. Makes I think sense. you have to build up your experience and be able to feel confident in that um, when you're going to be going out on your own. I mean, people don't appreciate, I guess, how much risk is involved. I mean, running my own business for 10 years now, I definitely um, have learned so many things, especially employment law, all these different challenges. You have to think about all these avenues, marketing, marketing and branding um you know you have to think of all these different things all at once and so you know yes you might want to be counseling clients privately but you do have to think about your brand how you stand out in the marketplace how you get referrals um you know what that looks like and you've um, created another business while you're on mat leave around that to help people right so business coaching and helping them with their website for an affordable price is that right Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's the thing is that I know some amazing clinicians who haven't started a private practice for all the same reasons that you're saying is that you are everything at the beginning. You're the marketer, you're the website designer, you're the, you know, the the accountant, you're the doing the everything. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted a really easy way to show people, look, this is how you set it up for success. And not just something that'll be a flash in the pan. You know, I think, uh, unfortunately, I see a lot of people coming through and they'll go, I'll just get an ABN, I'll just get some NDIS clients and boom, I've got a business. And that's not how it works. You know, if NDIS crumbled tomorrow, if the government canned it and said, you know what, we're going to restructure, I just know so many businesses that are going to fail because of that, because they haven't done the foundations right. Um, yeah. you know, I, as, as you know, Kate, as we both have done, I've spent, I don't know how many thousands of dollars with my own business coaches and they're yeah. business coaches. They haven't been private practice coaches. And so yeah. I'm taking what they have taught me about successful, sustainable, long-term business. And I'm teaching clinicians how to do that. You know, we get taught all the clinical skills, but we don't get exactly. taught business skills and a lot of us shy away from that area like we don't like to think about money we just want to see no. the client <laughs> so, I know. Um, so yeah so I really just there are so much amazing people out there who could be helping so many people if they just weren't scared of the logistics so my role yep. is to kind of walk them through it and go you can absolutely do this I love that and I think the fact that you're doing it yourself is a great role model to them. Um, And like you said, it's investing in a coach. Like, um, you know, I had gone for about five years of my business without a proper coach. Like I did a a mentor program through my industry body and they always had a mentor who was successful in recruitment, but I'd never done general business um, coaching until about five years ago. And Ray, who we featured in another podcast episode, um, she actually spoke um, on the around this because she was she's been my business coach on and off for five years now and seen my growth in the journey and you know I think of it like an athlete right like so if you want to be an Olympic athlete you're going to have a coach right and you're not just going to have an average coach you're going to have the best coach available that knows exactly how to become an Olympic athlete right and it's the same in business if you want to be the best at business in a certain area you have to get the best coach for that and they may not be in your neighborhood they may not be in your city or your town So you have to look at online options. And I've had the best coaching. My um, business coach, Ray, she's in Canberra and I'm in Sydney. Yet, um, you know, it works. So definitely if you're looking for that coaching, like in that private practice space, Sheena's the the lady to go with around that (laughs) stuff because she'll be able to help you. And I think um, 
you know, that kind of specialising in a certain area is the key and not trying to be everything to everyone. Um, I think it's also really important um, in, in what you're doing. So, yeah, it's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about your private practice, um, what you specialise in there? Um, and then obviously because we've discussed your other business, but can you tell us about the private practice clients that you see and Ooh, what you've specialised in there? Yeah, so we definitely specialise particularly in women's mental health um, and particularly with high-stress women like you and me, Kate. <laughs> I know you've helped me a lot over the years. <laughs> yeah, the women who have the juggle because that's the thing is like I know it because I am it. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, it's so we specialise a lot with women who are female leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, women who are working mums, you know, yeah. who might be high up in corporates and maybe they're managers, leaders, or maybe they're working towards that. We specialise a lot in that, but we particularly – women's mental health in terms of anxiety, ADHD, burnout, relationships, and a lot of the trauma that sits underneath that. Um, a lot of people won't realise that there's a trauma and attachment base to some of that stuff. So, um, but yeah, definitely anxiety, burnout, and relationships, that's our sort of core business. Yeah, wow. Um, and in terms of um, like I guess a top tip that you would give to highly high functioning, successful women in business and in um, leadership roles, what tip would like, what's the kind of something that you see come up a lot that you give advice to your clients with around that? Like how, what's the top tip that you could give us today? Yeah, I think definitely like you're saying, Kate, is that when you're an athlete you're going to, if you're, if you're wanting to perform at a high level, you know, if yeah. you think of a physical athlete, they're going to have yeah. someone who does their body work. So the nutrition, their training, they're going to have a mental capacity. They're going to have someone who helps with their mental health, their mindset, all of that. Yeah. They're going to have um, people in their personal life who are going to be there for them. They might have a spiritual aspect to it. You know, what's the bigger yeah. picture yeah. here? If you are, in that area like we are you can't use the same skills in operation when you know life wasn't as intense it's not going to yes, work yeah. like you have to sort of mentally prepare to to do that and there's a lot of work around that there's boundary setting there's actually going i'm worth spending money on you know yes. i think that's a huge block for people is that you know i have women who have successful businesses they're working 50 hours a week they're earning you know, six, seven figures, but they don't have a cleaner. They're still trying to do all the things. They're still, they're still trying to clean and they're still trying to cook and they're still trying to this and they're still trying to that. And it's like, you know that a cleaner might cost you a hundred bucks a week and you're earning seven figures. Yeah. You know, it's a no yeah. But I think there's a block of a mindset block of, oh, is that taking advantage of someone? Oh, you know, if I can do it, why should I outsource it? Oh, yes. can I spend that kind of money on myself? You know, so sometimes that's a block, particularly when you've had success happen really fast. It's yes. kind of catching up with your success as well. But yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a business coach like that once and she was a mum of four and I was like, how do you do it? Like I was so inspired by her um, and how she juggled her businesses and um, she was like, look, you've got to work out what you need to earn to be able to outsource 
like your cleaning, um, maybe childcare support, like a nanny that comes in and helps with the kids. She said that she even worked out how to afford someone to come on a Sunday to her house and prep like big lasagnas um, or casseroles or like big dishes that like could feed the family throughout the week. So she would basically prep these dishes and they would just be in the fridge. So if the kids were hungry for dinner and she was working, they could help themselves and it was just warm it up and ready to go. So it's mm-hmm. like she actually said, like, work out what you need to earn to be able to afford all these things or, like, have a PT or, you know, have yeah. a counselling session, like all these different things. And she's like, outsource what you can because you can't keep functioning in your genius zone if you're wasting your energy doing cleaning and running errands when you could pay someone $25 an hour to do that for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so absolutely. these days it's probably more like $30 an hour, but you know, <laughs> you know, just outsourcing that so that um, you work in your genius zone and you can actually make more to help more people. So yeah, I think that's something that often gets overlooked. And as mums, we have this kind of, as a working mum, I know there's a lot of women that have that work, that mum guilt around, you know, trying to do it all and be it all and be there for their kids. And, you know, I didn't have the luxury of much mat leave being a business owner. So I had three months and then I had to be back with my daughter and um, back in the office and juggling her. And it's it's been a juggle, but I've learned how to balance it well. And that quality versus quantity is the key um, that, you know, it's not about being there all the time for them, um, but actually having that quality time that you're like, hey, every day at six till eight, I'm yours, you know, like that time is dedicated to my kids. And then you can log in and do work later, but actually making that conscious decision because they grow up so fast. I can't believe my daughter's seven already. And I just realized that if I'm not um, present with her for things that matter to her, like she's starting to notice now and she'll say, mom, you're on your phone too much. Or why are you always attached to your phone? Like, and I'm like, Oh, am I, you know, and it's not until you actually, have a little someone that reflects everything back to you and says like, Hey mom, like, why don't you put your phone away and hang out with me? Like it, we all fall short. And it's that reminder of like, yes, like I've only got this hour with you before you go to bed. Like I've got to like do something that you want to do, you know, rather than trying to juggle everyone and everything. Um, But it's an ongoing battle. I'm still working (laughs) on it, but I think I'm a lot better than I used to be. Yeah, and I mean that's the second biggest thing as well is the boundary work. I would I didn't want to say that as the first thing because there's other things that come in place, but those boundaries about saying, hey, when I'm at home while the kids are awake, like exactly as you're saying, six till eight. As much as I'd love to check an email or I did I reply to that thing, I'm just gonna put it away. You know, yeah. and it's hard because you've got to set the boundary on yourself. So it's exactly. not always easy and we all fall into it, but honestly that's the biggest thing but imagine if you didn't learn how to outsource right like if you're working 12 hour days and then you want to come home and clean because you haven't learned how to outsource that part or even communicate with your partner like hey I really need to have some one-on-one time with our kids tonight can you just can you take over with the cleaning and I'll do that you know whatever that looks like but um yeah that that communication that boundary work that delegation of tasks whoever whether it's you know to your partner or to an outsourcing so important when as as you go up and this is not just for private practice owners this is for if you're going into a manager position that's going to need more time more energy you know more commitment any kind of up leveling this is the sorts of mindsets and things you need to start to get into 
Exactly. I think that's the thing. It's about, you know, making something sustainable because at the end of the day, running a business is not a sprint. It's a marathon, as I always say. And so how do you last the distance? How do you have the endurance? Like, I still look back and go, wow, like if I hadn't put all my well-being and self-care in place tools over the last few years with COVID, with my own personal grief and loss and challenges, there's no way I would still be smiling and here and thriving and doing all sorts of different things in business while juggling it all. If I didn't put that self-care kind of tools in place, um, you know, having a business coach, having a PT, working out, you know, having a cleaner, <laughs> um, working on my nutrition, like all of these things. Like if you don't look after yourself, you're not, you're not going to be good to anybody. It's like putting your own life mask on first before you help others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and can you tell us um, if there's anyone listening that's interested in setting up their own private practice, um, what advice would you give them um, to get started? Oh, well, you could find a really good private practice business coach to show you the foundation. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> of but, but I think the biggest thing that people miss is that they just go, I'm going to accept anyone and everything. Right. And, and like you said, like in the beginning, how it's really figuring out your zone of genius and figuring out where you work best. You could have just set up a recruitment agency and your yeah. business wouldn't be here today because you niched down. You said, actually, I'm going to recruit specifically for this area because, yeah. you know, you know that area, you've got connections in that area. You're great in this area. Right. But yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. If someone's starting in private practice, think about the business that you don't want right now, but think about where it could lead you in five years from now, 10 years from now, and base it around a business that lights you up. And, you know, ask yourself, what are the clients that I love working with and that okay. I genuinely know I make a difference with? Because if you set up a business where you're seeing anyone and everything, you're going to burn yourself out because you're going to, you know, in our field, what that looks like is seeing someone with bipolar in the morning, then an NDIS client in the afternoon, then um, someone with borderline after that, then someone with anxiety and depression after that. And it's it's too much. It's too messy. It's too yeah. hard to stay, stay on top of. And you're not kind of, you're going to be a jack of all trades but a master of none. Yes, and that can, that right. can lead, you know, that can lead to mistakes. Yeah. Really. Whereas if you just go, look, I just want to work in the perinatal space. So, you know, antenatal mental health, pregnancy mental health, postnatal mental health. If you chose that and all your PD was around that, all your training was around that, if you're thinking in private practice, that's an area that I love working with those clients. Maybe you're passionate about it because you've gone through that yourself or, you know, you know someone who's gone through that. That's a recipe for success because you're genuinely passionate. You're not just doing it for the money because when yes. you see everyone and everything, you might be doing it for money, but what do we know about chasing money? It burns people out. And it's not yeah. successful long term. Not sustainable. Yeah. No. So uh, don't get me wrong. I think there's a place for seeing, oh, look, I need some cash flow. Let's just do this. Don't get me wrong. We all have those yes. moments. But, I, you know, if you're thinking of starting a private practice, ask yourself, what is my zone of genius? Which is what lights me up and what am I genuinely good at? What do people, what do my clients, who are the clients that go, 
thank you, Kate. That was an amazing session. Like I feel like that was really good for me. And thank you so much. Like who are the clients who are coming back and telling you that? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And such good advice to, yeah, that special, like be a specialist in the area that you're really passionate about and that you've got that training and experience in. Um, I noticed on your Instagram that you talk a lot about adult ADHD, which is something I've heard a few times recently. A few people in my network in recruitment have actually come out and said, oh, yeah, I've got like ADHD that just got diagnosed. So um, how did you get into that side of things? Yeah, I, I actually am. Um, it's an interesting area because my take on ADHD is somewhat different to other people's. But, okay. um, you know, I, I definitely, as a social worker, I understand the environmental aspects of why everybody is getting diagnosed. And for me, it's not about the diagnosis. It's about the symptoms and the treatment. Okay. So a lot of people will have overlapping symptoms between anxiety and ADHD and borderline. So my personal perspective is that the diagnosis, the diagnosis is the secondary thing to me. What's important yeah. is what are the symptoms, what are causing those symptoms, and how can we work on those symptoms? So, you know, I yeah. think um, sometimes we can get really caught up on the label, but yeah um that's my perspective of working with adhd you know a lot of people are, are talking about it and my yeah. job is to educate them on going hey yeah very well you might meet traits but here's why and the diagnosis isn't everything you don't have to worry so much about going through that assessment process if we can treat what you're going through anyway that's true yeah it's hard isn't it getting that balance of like finding out what it is like a diagnosis but not kind of letting your whole identity be labeled around that either like you know you are more than what your diagnosis is in any health or mental health issue that you face so looking at the symptoms and looking at how to treat that rather than yeah focusing on the the diagnosis as such um mm. i think it's a good good advice and obviously for yourself being in private practice and juggling lots of things um, mental health and well-being is obviously important to you as well. So can you tell us what you do for your overall well-being and mental health to help keep you strong um, so that you can help others? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have become very good at filtering my circle. And what I mean okay. by that is um, I used to be the person, you know, uh, okay, a long time ago, I used to be the person who wanted to be friends with everyone. I, I was that, like, I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted, yeah. you know, and along the way, I've gotten really hurt from doing that. Yeah. People took advantage of me. People really hurt me. And so over the years, and thanks to my husband as well, I have to give him credit for that, is um, once I got really aligned with my core values, what's yeah. really yeah. important, what really matters to me, um, if people don't align with that, they're not my people. And I can automatically feel if somebody zaps my energy, there's something about their value system that's different from mine. And that's okay. You know, we all have different value systems in the way we live our lives. But for me, when you're balancing so much, particularly when you've got kids, I think when I had kids, it upped the, the ante on this stuff is Definitely. I'm very particular with my energy so if people okay. are energy sucks for whatever reason 
there we are. <laughs> or yeah, I set yeah. very clear boundaries around letting them people. in. Yeah, letting them in because I don't just let anybody into my time or my world or my circle. It's very Sorry. important for me that I have that energy. And of course, you know, making sure that I have alone time because that's how I am. I need to have some sort of alone, even if it's an hour a week. It's yeah, more than yeah. that, but I need to have something like that and making sure that I connect with my husband or connect with my friends. You need to have a life outside of work and and when I'm with them, making sure I'm not constantly talking about work. You know, it's okay to yes. sort of go, how's your business going, blah, blah, blah. But when you're with them, like talking about life and ideas and books that we've read or podcasts or whatever, not just work, 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 work all the yeah. damn time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So important. Um, and, yeah, I think it's important to have that work-life integration and balance, as they call it, because um, you can't keep going the distance without it. So it's definitely um, something that I know I'm working on is having that time for health and, like, getting – I've actually started getting up at 6 a.m. some few days a week to exercise um, before my husband gets going for the day um, because that was the only window that we could find. <laughs> Um, for me to be able to get my health and fitness goals in. Um, you know, it's very easy, I think, as women to put our own needs aside to help our business, help our family, help our friends. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, I was like, yeah, you guys are all lo loving it because I'm doing everything for you. But then like, what about me and my needs? Um, and it was only through some coaching that I did that I realized this. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sort this out. And so I sat down and we've actually got like a little whiteboard now. Every Sunday night, we sit down and work out who's doing drop-offs, who's doing pickups, what days I'm going to exercise. So because my daughter was getting quite upset, like that I'd be leaving early in the morning um, to exercise and not be with her to drop her to school. So I was like, oh, how do I do, do it all, you know? And so the, I found that by going between six and seven to exercise meant that I could still do the school drop-off um, and get myself ready for the day, but also look after me at the start of the day, which um, definitely gives me a much more better energy and mood for the day ahead. Um, and then everyone's happy. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess that secondary thing to me is that I definitely noticed when I wasn't exercising how my mental health decreased regardless of how healthy yeah, I was eating yeah. or water or anything. So I really try to make a point of doing my mental health walks through the day. That's yeah, the great thing yeah. about private practice is that if you have a client miss something or, or even if I, I make a point of scheduling it in sometimes to just go for a walk, even if it's half an hour, even if it's 15 minutes, it just yep. makes such a big difference and it does all add up in the end too. So, um, but, you know, I don't try to be this person who's at the gym seven days a week when I've got two young kids, you know, I think the yep. expectations yep. on women when we've got such little support systems with kids nowadays is, is hectic. And I think there's a lot of um, no excuses, like kind of mentality out there around that. And it's kind yeah. of being kind to yourself and going, you know, it's okay in whatever stage of life you're at, you're not going to be in this stage forever. No. You know, I'm not going to be in this stage where these kids are this little forever, no. right? So yeah. it's okay that I'm not, you know, I'm going to get back to working out heaps again. That'll be, that's coming. But is that realistic for me right now? It's not for our family. And that's no. okay, you know? 
Yeah, I'm very, I'm very grateful to be past the newborn toddler under five stage because um, I can get so much more done now. But I also have a little person that can talk back now and be re like negotiating with me. She's like, well, do you really need to work out? Like, can you please like do it when I'm at school or when I'm at gymnastics? Like, why do you have to do it now? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> So it is a it is a battle, but I think when I'm trying to explain to her I want to be healthy and strong um, and that, you know, to do that I need to do regular exercise like she does. So just trying to explain to her the value of why I'm putting myself first so that she learns that, that even as a mom or as a businesswoman, it's important to look after yourself. And I'm realizing a lot more that role modeling that I'm doing, like she sees everything. <laughs> and oh, so I have to be I have to be really like mindful of what I say and um, my actions around her um, so that she, um, you know, will learn those skills too to help her when she gets older too. So that's awesome. Um, so I'd love to know um, a favourite quote that you have uh, that showcases that grit and grace in life and leadership. Is there some, a quote that resonates with you? <coughs> Sorry about the coughing. It's, oh. um, you know what that's like. If we cancelled when I was sick, we would never do this. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate you here. It's just got to happen. But I guess there was two quotes that were just sticking to me when you were talking about grit and grace and leadership and, um, you know, things that really resonate in this area, private practice, business life, or even just working in the mental health sector. You yeah. need to have that kind of mindset. So I guess there's two. Can I be sneaky and have two? All right, all right, I'll let you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but they're both by the same person. So they're both by Maya Angelou, who um, my dog's yeah, named definitely. Maya after her. So the first one is seek patience and passion in equal amounts. Passion alone will not build the temple. I'm sorry, patience alone will not build the temple. Passion alone will destroy its walls. So she's, you know, really talking about, you, you can't have be all gung-ho, but you can't yeah. just sit back either. Like you really yeah. have to find that balance between sitting back and knowing that the rewards are coming, that you're doing the right thing and you don't have to grind every second of every day because sometimes yes. it can feel like, man, if I'm going to get these goals, I have to grind every second of every day. And it's going, you know, pay, patience is necessary, okay? Yeah. So that, that's why I like that quote. And the other one is, uh, one of my all-time favourites, which is success is liking who you are, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's that's a great awesome. definition of success. Um, yeah. So that's that's why I really like it. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important. Um, it's always a balance, isn't it, getting that passion and purpose into what we're doing. Um, but, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you've nailed it with those quotes. So thank you. It was so good to chat with you today and have you on here. Uh, I've really enjoyed uh, learning a little bit more about you and your career path and how you got to where you are and the work that you do. And um, how can people connect with you, Sheena, if they want to get in touch with you now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you want to connect with me and my private practice or my, you know, uh, my business coaching, the best place to really connect is Instagram. That's where I'm hanging out a lot. So you okay. can find me at um, my handle on Instagram for my private practice business coaching is at therapist VA. 
And then yeah. my private practice is Sheena Holistic Therapist on Instagram. Or, of course, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, I'm always open on LinkedIn. I'm happy to make more connections. So you can just find me at Sheena Shuey on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sheena. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Kate. It was a pleasure. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Only two of us taking a chance